0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDIC.
1: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook 'em up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn.
0: I woke up to the morning sky first.
1: blue just like Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Wake them up, get them up, get them going. It is Monday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby, and it's a uh, frigid one, cold one, nearly freezing right now in Austin, Texas. Temperatures hovering around 33, 34 degrees just over the freezing temp as we crank up a busy, busy Monday 11 December. We are two weeks to Christmas. We are three weeks to the new year. And about three weeks and uh, 13 hours to the Longhorns hit the field at the Sugar Bowl to play Washington in one national semifinal. Should be a heck of a conversation this morning. Five hours of tremendous conversation begins right now coming off a banner weekend for the Longhorns. No football game, but plenty of Longhorn burnt orange accolades for the football team. The volleyball team does it again. Uh, basketball as well. We'll get to that. Got uh, NFL Week 14 and strong statement W for the Dallas Cowboys last night on Sunday Night Football. Jerry Jones, after the win last night, called it the most satisfying win of the Mike McCarthy era. We will debate that coming up. Not as good a morning down in Houston with the Texans. Dive into the National Football League with a doubleheader coming up tonight on Monday Night Football. Uh, We've also got the NBA. We've got uh, uh, Texas basketball. And, of course, the sports world shook on Saturday with the uh, decision of Shohei Otani uh, to – Go cross town in LA. So we are packed on a uh, good, bad, and ugly Monday, and we are glad you are with us. As I mentioned, look, I was looking up right now, Rod, it's 32 degrees in Austin, Texas. So right it's at the nippy. freezing point, uh, colder oh, up man. deep into the freeze on uh, the outer-lying areas up into Round Rock. So be advised as you're up and out this morning. No precipitation on the ground, so just cold. Grab a jacket, and you should be good on this 11th of December. And we appreciate you finding us. wherever you do on 101.9, could be AM 1260 on the old-school way, and certainly digitally, growing the numbers every single day. And we appreciate you doing that, downloading our Horn app to your smartphone, listening with the touch of a button wherever you are, all over Austin, all over Central Texas, all over Texas, and all over the world on that Horn app. Also at hornfm.com. He is across the table. Uh, Getting ready for five hours of shutting it down for five uh, great hours this morning. He's our shutdown corner from the uh, 713 down in the and DB High down there in Houston. Also from the 512 right here in uh, the ATX. In a lifetime longhorn, four years in the NFL. Now 16 great years doing media and radio here in the ATX and beyond. He is uh, our man, the football theorist, Blacksterdamus. The proud papa of Baby Monroe, two weeks to her first Christmas. He is Rod Bavers. What's up, Rod B? I'm doing great,
0: brother. I appreciate the hospitality and the intro as always. Uh, yeah, man, a little cold out there. I need to go wrap the pipes up, make sure they're I know. Good. that's good. That, uh took us by surprise, but you know, next week it'll be like 70 something. You know how that goes. Uh, but either way, I do want to make sure before we get going, because we got a lot to get into, uh, hopefully five hours will be enough. I want to give a shout out to those who serve. Our society built on the selflessness of service, so we appreciate all those who uh, know that it's an honor, but also a burden, but all those who serve in any capacity, God, country, our community, I want to give you a shout out. Soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, you all know who you are officers of the law you know who you are we appreciate you i just want to let you know that so um, Thank shout you out you
1: Absolutely, yeah. and as we always say, if you want to hit us on our message line, five one two four four seven three seven seven six, shoot us a text. Always appreciate a shout out here uh, for those who do serve. If someone needs a pat on the back, little uh, shout out from you, do oh. that. We will certainly pass it along to uh, to all mm-hmm. as we crank this thing up. Yeah, it's uh, you know won't be a cloud in the sky today, and you know oh, didn't yeah. get out of the fifties yesterday. It's oh, gonna man. be a pretty day, but it was a clear. Chris,
0: it was. It was a clear night when I because I was running, I was running like at four something in the morning. It was. It was like I, I had never seen a clear night. Gosh. This season. This year.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Uh, you can yeah. see all
0: the, sky, all the stars in the sky.
1: Yeah. Beautiful morning, but a little chilly, which that's good. It's almost Christmas. It kind of feels like Christmas outside. Uh, the uh, the weekend was busy. Let's start with the headlines, trending topics, and there are plenty of them to start your Monday morning. Top Gun Reynolds and Laude, i bring it to you. Start with the NFL and that strong statement, W from the Dallas Cowboys last night on Sunday Night Football. Pokes improved to 10-3 and three and pulled even with Philadelphia atop The NFC's with a dominant 33-13 win over their rivals. Dak Prescott can use his strong play, tossed a pair of touchdowns and complete control. That back to Cowboys defense that forced three Eagles turnovers, held Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense without an offensive touchdown on the night. Just a defensive score was all they had when they found the end zone. How about the rookie kicker Brandon Aubrey as well? Nailed four more field goals, included a 59- and 60-yarder last night. That extends his record streak to start a career to 30 in a row. Not as good a Monday morning down in Houston. Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud in concussion protocol following the team's 30-6 30-6 loss to the New York Jets yesterday in New York. Star rookie slammed to the ground late in the game. Helmet hit hard against the turf. He will be evaluated throughout the week. Wide receiver Nico Collins also didn't return after sustaining a first-quarter calf injury in that game. That was a huge blow for a Houston offense. Already playing without Tank Dell and Dalton Schultz. Rash of injuries not limited to the offense for Houston. Mike linebacker Blake Cashman, left the game with a hamstring early. And pass rusher Will Anderson suffered an ankle injury. Texans fall to 7-6. and six. They are one of six teams fighting for the final two spots coming in the AFC uh, playoff race uh, at 40 Acres What a weekend of accolades For the Longhorns On Friday night It was a big award For the biggest Longhorn Tavandre swept Was announced as the winner Of the Outland Trophy First Longhorn to win that award In four and a half decades Presented annually to the nation's top interior lineman He joins three others In program history Scott Appleton Was the first player To earn the honor in 1963 Followed by Tommy Nobis Two years later Brad Shear last Longhorn to win the award in 1977. Yesterday, Associated Press announced their All-Big 12 team for 2023. Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian was named the conference's coach of the year. Devondre Sweat took home Big 12 defensive player of the year honors. Wide receiver A.D. Mitchell named the league's newcomer of the year. Texas also had six honorees on the All-Big 12 first team. Four more on the second team. Also from college football over the weekend, Texas wide receiver Isaiah Nair became the seventh Longhorn to enter the transfer portal, the first offensive player to do so. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels was named the 2023 recipient of the Heisman Trophy as the nation's top player. And former Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel announced that he will be transferring to Oregon. Thrilling weekend for Texas volleyball as well. How about the second-seeded Longhorns avenging an early season loss to top-seeded Stanford out in Palo Alto on Saturday night. To Tampa.
0: Off the antenna.
1: Texas is going to Tampa. And yeah, there it was on ESPN Saturday Night Saturday, Longhorn's 15th trip in uh, program history to the national semifinals. That'll be Thursday night in Tampa. They will face Wisconsin. Also on Saturday, 12th ranked Texas basketball team approved a 7-2 on the year with a win over Houston Christian at Moody Center. And the sports world shook on Saturday when baseball's two-way superstar Shohei Otani took it to his Instagram account to announce that he has agreed to a new 10-year, $700 million mega deal with the Crosstown Dodgers, bringing clarity to the biggest free agency move in North American sports since LeBron James made his decision back in 2010.
0: horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. TopGun.net, and we'll shoot you straight. All right, I'm not going to say Blacksford almost called it, but I called it. I said, if Dak shows up, they beat the Eagles, he's going to be the MVP, front runner. He's going to be the leader. And almost every sports book you look at, Dak's your MVP leader right now. If you look at, uh, you can go to the Bleacher Report, DraftKings, uh and hell, you get to go to, uh, I saw John Ewing, DK Sportsbook. I mean, it doesn't even matter. I mean, any reputable sports book, Dak's your front runner for MVP told you and never in his career has he been a front runner for m v p had the best option m v p Not that I can remember maybe Ty knows because Ty's kept up with a little bit more than me, but I can't remember Dak being the the odds on favorite for m v p Maybe going back to his rookie career, his rookie season. There's no way, though, that he was the odds-on favorite. He might have been one of the front runners, but he was the odds-on favorite.
1: Yeah, check mark big time in the first mm-hmm. big matchup, right? We talked about his. You know, he's got the numbers to back up an MVP race, but it hadn't come against quality opponents. This is the first. Uh, this was a big one. Everyone was it's watching, big. right? Now, after I mean, what that was we a ten-win team, and you beat them badly. Badly, you put. I, mean, I put an Old Testament style
0: butt whipping on them, and we saw big Dak energy. And it showed up on the big stage,
1: so it did. I first mean, of, what you're right; it's a run here, but he's got to do it. It's again. a run, and yeah. you know, but he'll he's now the front runner, and uh, you know, now they go play the Bills next week. Not to look too far forward before looking back, oh, yeah. but uh, the Bills he's just a won win. a huge game against the Chiefs, win. and obviously the controversy at the end. Uh, the Chiefs are furious at the officials, but they probably should be furious at Kadarius Tony. How many games does that guy cost them this year? Um, at, at least two. <laughs> at least two. <laughs> at and least those are two, two big ones because uh, Patrick Mahomes is facing a road playoff game for the first time in his career at this point, at eight and five now. He went out, in he went case, out. He, yeah, we'll hear that coming up. Andy Reid, but you know, they, you know, they just want to yell at the, their players. I mean, it's the guys dropping balls and lining up sides and. You know, it, it's been an ongoing problem for the wide receivers on that team. Yeah, it's not—it's like, not about what it's about, right? He's—he's he's, he's
0: talking about the refs, but it's like you, you're not mad at the refs. That's you're projecting on the refs. And, that's, and, that's for your—that's for your receivers.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the refs could have called it or not called it, but they would have. That was their guy was offside. But either way, oh. that's the so the opponent for the Cowboys next is if you're a Cowboys fan, you probably rooting for Buffalo to take a loss there, and it might have been the end of the Sean McDermott era, or at least you know they're not wouldn't be playing for much in a mm-hmm. very very tight AFC race right now. Okay, good. Um, so now that becomes a huge game for Buffalo, which is, you know, we'll look forward to the future weather. But first things first, uh, you know, check mark in the box, beat Philadelphia, won a team against, won a game, a resounding win against a very good team. And, uh, you know, Dak should be, I think, the front runner for the, for the MVP right now, the way he's playing. Yep. Last six, seven weeks, he has been the best quarterback in football.
0: Yeah, and uh, he's playing the best football of his career. Uh, so, you know, I know there are a lot of, uh, Dak haters, Dak heads out there who don't uh, think Dak has the, uh, the 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 football DNA to be a champion, to be a Super Bowl champion. This is the season that Dak has to shift that narrative. you got to get past the division around. And he's playing like a quarterback right now that can get them to the NFC title game. Um, he probably will be playing against the 49ers. <laughs> uh, but he looks like now he's a quarterback that can get you to the NFC title game. And that's the whole point of this season. Right, it does. None of this really matters if you're losing the divisional round again.
1: Yeah, that's well, what
0: you're trying. That, that's the ultimate, right? That that is the ultimate uh, goal for the, this Cowboys team is to get past the divisional round, which somehow has just been a roadblock for them as an organization.
1: Well, and if you're looking at the playoff race right now, as we're you know two weeks to Christmas, three weeks to the New Year, uh, Niners would be the one seed uh, because yep. they beat the Cowboys mm-hmm. in that matchup in in. San Francisco or Santa Clara earlier in the year. Yeah. Cowboys are with that win last night. That's how big that win is. It moves them as to, up to the two seed. Oh, yeah. With, um, you know, the win over the Eagles and a better divisional record to this point. The playoffs started today. The they'd play the Packers at home in a playoff game While the Niners would have the weekend off. Eagles would have to travel to Tampa to play the Buccaneers in a wild card game. So, huge win, and, you know, you need the, the Niners to stumble at some point here they don 't look like they have any intention of doing that in San Francisco, uh, but either way, cowboys are lurking and right there, but Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit are your next three opponents and mm-hmm. Three really t- challenging games. But, uh, you know, the way the Cowboys are playing, they have to see that as an opportunity to continue to uh, to put numbers on the board and then get Dak Prescott an MVP or Dak can earn an MVP. There's a lot to play for. This team has certainly come out of the bye week and been really impressive.
0: Yeah, because uh, now, now the running game is clicking for the Cowboys. Yep. defense is playing really well for the Cowboys, and this kicker. I mean, this is unbelievable that I, and i i'll give the cowboys a lot of credit i want to say maybe i was i was critical of the cowboys because they 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 love we like our guys that's their thing all right they they find these kind of hidden gems and uh brandon aubrey was another one of these hidden gems and i thought they should have been a little bit more aggressive trying to find kickers, especially if they were going to be a deep as Mike McCarthy told us before the season started, they were going to be a team that ran the football, all right? run-oriented football team, run-centric, uh, and they were going to play really good defense. Well, if that's the case, then you're going to need a really good kicker. Well, they turns out that's not their model. They, they throw the football, and they can score with anybody in the league. Uh, defense is still really good, and the running game is a compliment really of Dak Prescott, and he's the Coast offense. That Texaco's offense was code for Dak Prescott's offense.
1: Yeah, right? he had a lot of input in it.
0: Yeah, and it's great. It's great. Now, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm not, it's not critical. That's not, no, not at all. That's, I'm, I'm saying that's genius. They just make it Dak Prescott's offense because it looks like he's more comfortable now than he's ever been. Um, but Brandon Aubrey, he might be the, oh my gosh, <laughs> he might be the story of the season so far because nobody expected this. He's the first player in NFL, or first kicker in NFL history to convert the first 30 field goals of his career. And he had make, he has makes of 60, 50, died 50, and 45 last night.
1: Dude, that, that is it's it's impressive to watch because he does it effortlessly. By the way, Dak Prescott confirmed wow. after the game last night that he nicknamed him. You know, Aubrey has a nickname.
0: Well, what's his nickname?
1: Buttery. Buttery. <laughs> Buttery. What? What's the? Uh, give me the. Genesis. I guess Brandon. Well, just because if you watch him, he's so he's smooth. Butter. He's, he's butter. so smooth. He's butter. I mean, he kicks it sixty yards he's and he's got ten butter. to spare, and it doesn't look like it's even hard. He, when he kicks off, the ball goes through the goalpost into the stands. I mean, the guy's got a monster leg. He's got a monster leg. But of course, you know, grew up in the Metroplex, played high, you know, college soccer at Notre Dame. He got drafted
0: yeah, in the MLS.
1: Yeah, played in the MLS and then decided he was – well, they say he was doing software engineering or something and started, you know, working on football kicking, and it's here he is. Great story. And just bangs him. I mean, what a weapon. It, it you really cross is. midfield, you're in field goal <laughs> range with this guy. So you can just go for fourth down. Especially now just, at home. Now yeah. you get to Buffalo this week. Who knows, right, what with, with the weather could be and you know, up there in uh, in, in Buffalo, north, you know, north North big state New York there. But, uh, you know, in that – oh, man, this team is automatic. They've won, what, 15 in a row in their building – uh, they scored 33 last night, but that, that broke their streak of four straight 40-plus games at home. They're doing a lot right right now. And you mentioned the running game. You know, it bothers me as a fantasy football owner of Tony Pollard that it's now a committee. But Tony Pollard and Enrico Dowdle, if you combine them, 28 carries, 105 yards and a touchdown. Devante Turpin had a carry for 22. Mm-hmm. So they're getting their rushing yards. And Dax just, you know, CD Lamb is uncoverable right now. Jake Ferguson emerging as a as a Pro Bowl level tight end and. Um, the defense is the defense. I mean they didn't even give up an offensive touchdown. They you know the Eagles moved the ball on them that every time they'd get into the red zone, they'd fumble the ball. Mm-hmm. Or the Cowboys would force to fumble. First it was Jalen Hurts, then it was Devontae Smith fumbled one. It, you know, after the after the, uh, the the strip sack fumble of Dak Prescott and Jalen Carter rumbled to the end zone, you kinda got a little nervous. It was twenty four thirteen. And could have gone sideways, but the, the Cowboys defense never gave in.
0: Yeah. No, the Cowboys defense. Stephon is, Gilmore
1: was awesome last night. He
0: was awesome. And I loved basically, and we talked about this after the uh, Seattle game when the Cowboys beat Seattle the adjustment by the Cowboys when they were trying to exploit Deron Bland was just put Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, on DK Metcalf and then he basically shut AJ Brown down uh, in this game versus Eagles. So he's been fantastic for the Cowboys. And of course we've already talked about Duron Blaine. He's still the highest rated, even though he's given up some plays, still the highest rated cornerback by Pro Football Focus uh in the NFL. So Cowboys look good. I mean you talk about this Cowboys are and the Eagles now both ten and three. The Cowboys have outscored their opponents by a combined uh, sorry, the Eagles have outscored their opponents by a combined twenty-one points. Cowboys have outscored their opponents. By 188 points.
1: Yeah, in their wins, ten wins. That's uh, that's dominance. Is what it is right now. <laughs> it really is. It, it is. Look, I, this is not to bring it to a negative, but, but that's I did the first so good th- team they beat. That, that is, but they beat them badly. And, and as I said last week, this feels like the best Cowboys team of a generation. I mean, as far as every piece in place, really since maybe the Romo team with Dez and all those guys that uh, took the heartbreaking 2014? loss to the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been at least ten years, or almost ten years, mm-hmm. that they've had a team that looks this complete. Unfortunately, there's a team in their own conference that might be more complete and dominant. That's going to You have to go through San Francisco at some point. I'm not yeah. saying they can't. No, you but, have to. But at some point, point, thats and that's going to be the problem for Dak and for the Cowboys, if there is one, is you're going to be judged on January. You just are. I mean, it's going to be – now, if they get through the divisional round and they get to an NFC championship game with a very good San Francisco team, I think it does you – know, go, go take your shot and uh, see if you can you know, bring the big Dak energy. But watching that 49ers team yesterday beat up on Seattle – they're 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 also very very good and maybe just a little better in key places. But man, they're very even right now. Those are the, clearly the best two teams because the Eagles have hit. You know, this, they are a shell of what they were a year ago, at least as far defensively. Their their defense is a wreck, Rod. Their defense gives up a I lot of chunk guys, yard plays.
0: Yeah, that's why I, know I, I picked the Cowboys. I was like, that defense can't, they can't stop the Cowboys nope. right now. Nope. Cowboys are the best offense in the league right now, and they're right now playing like the worst, one of the worst defenses in the league.
1: They are. I mean, the numbers back and, up and, the eyeball and, test.
0: And the person – it does, that doesn't make sense, though, with the personnel they have. It doesn't, it doesn't make – that's how I know, you know, them losing their defensive coordinator – mean, L- losing both of their coordinators, you, you can tell. Jonathan it's it's really hurt, hurt them. Because the personnel-wise, personnel they haven't lost that much personnel-wise. No. It's-, it's schematics. That's real the schematic advantage they've lost.
1: Yeah, and the Cowboys felt, I mean, this is, again, they, they felt like they should have had the win in Philadelphia a few weeks ago on a Sunday night, uh, 28-23 loss that they inches from winning. Now they've got a resounding you know, 20-point win over their rivals, and here we go to Buffalo. On to Buffalo, as Bill Belichick once famously said. Yeah. Texans, meanwhile, Rod, I mean, somebody texted and said, your guy Stroud had a blame game. Look, take take uh, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Jake Ferguson away from uh, Dak, Prescott. Dak Prescott. Go yeah. play the Jets in the ring. Yeah. And tell me how good that's going to go.
0: No, that Tank Dale, losing Tank Dale was big. I said that last week. And, I, well, I and told, Nico. Yeah. They, they had no I, Nico. They had no I, Tank. Yeah. They
1: had no Dalton Schultz. I mean, yeah. they're going. They're so that's to a, a very good Jets defense. Yeah, they're starting to hit
0: a little wall. I, I told you that. I was like, I think the Texans might be peaking a little bit, but there's nothing wrong with that. I just think they exceeded expectations, and they don't have a lot of depth. I mean, they signed a lot of one year, like yep. one year and two year mercenary deals for guys. They don't have a ton of depth. And it's a. Am- they, guys, they've played more players than any team in the league, they've had more unique players play than any team in yeah, they're the just league. Rolling
1: guys. And, then, I mean, and so
0: now they're losing even more.
1: Yeah, they I just mean, don't
0: have the depth to, to withstand that.
1: And, you know, the first time I've seen C.J. Stroud, who went into that game leading the NFL in passing yards mm-hmm. and one of the top offenses, they played a very good defense. and a, You know, weather was not, not good at all. And you don't have any weapons. I mean, your, your lead weapon is Noah Brown. Uh, that's your one, and you're he's being covered by Sauce Gardner, yeah. <laughs> right? The All-Pro corner, uh, and you know you just you don't have any any pieces to throw to, and that's an excuse. Well, that, just a reality the the more, of what more, he was dealing. The more with. troubling
0: thing is not the offense, guys. It was that that defense got shredded.
1: Yeah, and it and was
0: Texans defense got shredded by Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, you have actually played a nice game yesterday. <laughs> it was. I
0: was the best game he's ever played. Ever played? You cannot ever allow played. Zach Wilson to play the best game he's ever played against your defense, no. D'Amico. You can't allow that. I don't care what the circumstances. Nope. You can't allow that.
1: So. Uh, it was zero zero at the half. And then uh, they came out in the second half and had obviously found something, and they could attack. And and Zach Wilson did make some nice throws. Garrett Wilson, the Lake Travis Cavalier, yeah, was a problem. And uh, yeah, I mean that was that's a tough. I mean the, the the AFC. This is why the Cowboys now going to Buffalo is such a huge game because if you're looking at the I mean the NFC race is I want to say pretty cut and dried, but it's a lot clearer right now than the AFC. The NFC is. But you can go to the AFC. You got uh, now the yeah. Ravens is the one seed after they beat the thrilling punt return walk off win wow. yesterday over Tyler the Rams. Wallace. Oh man, Tyler Wall, Oklahoma State man. Yes,
0: yep. What man, a hero! Their backup punt returner <laughs> taking it to the name. house. Yep. That game was. By the
1: way, the Rams. That was a that was a hell of a game in the early window. <laughs> Ravens and Rams. Rams are better than you think.
0: They're just getting better. Uh, yeah, they they're got not, healthy. And, they're not necessarily good. And Stafford's
1: still damn good, man. He makes and throws. So Sean McVay. Cooper, oh man, Cooper they Cup. That the coo- Puka Puka. <laughs> they can run the ball. Their offensive line's approved. But either way, Ravens to, to get that win puts them in the one C. Dolphins play tonight as part of a doubleheader of Monday night football. Uh, they're gonna win. They're playing the what uh gosh who are the Dolphins playing tonight. It's not gonna be pretty. I uh but then the Colts are you know, so the Dolphins, Chiefs, Jaguars are your top four seeds. Colts, Steelers, Browns are the five. Mm-hmm. And then there's, gosh, Houston, Denver, Cincinnati, Buffalo. I mean, you're talking about six or eight teams that are vying for the final spots. Dolphins uh, play
0: the Titans.
1: Yeah, Dolph, I knew it was somebody bad. Titans. Yeah. Titan. <laughs> That's who the Houston Texans play next. Are the Titans. And then the Giants and the Packers. Yeah, man. I Ugh. mean, I mean, look. I mean, you go all the way down to 11 teams deep in the AFC. To make the take seven spots in the playoffs. Yeah, every game is important. I mean, this weekend, Buffalo with Houston, Cincinnati's found life with this Jake Browning I know, Jake guy. Jake
0: Browning having back-to-back bang games. Yeah, really they're good. back in
1: the race. No. Denver gets another win. Houston beat Denver, then Denver bounces back and beats uh, the Chargers yesterday. Houston's in the mix. Indianapolis, Pittsburgh. Uh, it's it's really interesting in the AFC, and that's why every game you know will matter. And the Cowboys will be walking into a. You know, Sean McDermott, it was probably the toughest week of Sean McDermott's tenure in Buffalo with all of the. You know, apologies uh, he had to make. The team the, felt to be falling, like they're falling apart, and they go into Kansas City. Josh Allen plays great. Is and, he apologizing
0: uh, for the references to 911 yes, and stuff? Yes. Okay. We got to talk. Like we got three years ago. Four up. years ago. Yeah, that's come up again. That was because they losing. They're losing. Well, they're somebody, losing. Somebody people are trying to force him out. Well, so and that exactly. story
1: came from a piece that was written, I think, in the Athletic.com yeah. long three-part piece about the problem in Buffalo is him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's Sean McDermott. That no one wants. He's lost the locker room at some level. And that yeah. 9-11 reference was just part of it. That, yeah. that was used as an example of he says things that They're rub kinda people weird. the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a long article, but it was like I said, written by someone who covers that team.
0: Oh, I know. But like I said, that stuff doesn't really happen until you start losing. That's right. And then people are trying to force you out. And like I told you guys before the season started, I said, oh, no, that regression is coming, guys. It yeah. has got nothing to do with the talent there. There is a five-year window in the league. And when you have a coach and a quarterback together – for, a, for more than five years who haven't won a Super Bowl, you might as well just break them up and start out new. You, and, and Jerry well, Jones and knew that, too. That's why Jerry Jones its like, we got to do Mike McCarthy. we got to do something. you got to shift something around because the regression is happening. Your your message has grown stale. You can't win it in five years. You're not going to win it. The NFL is not set up that way.
1: No, it's not. It's Windows. not set
0: up that way. It's a window league.
1: It is. And the Cowboys have a window right now. Yeah, this is Texans, their window. Texans' window just opens for the next five just years. Just open for them. And, yeah. and,
0: uh, think about it. This is the crazy thing about it. You talk about Baltimore. Baltimore is right on the verge of that five-year window. Because think about it. Lamar Jackson didn't start till halfway through his rookie year. So, technically, they're on their sixth year. But you can give them an exception because it's kind of five-and-a-half and this would be the first year. And that's why they changed up their offense. What they do? Bring in Todd Munkin.
1: Yeah, like, they, we made, a, they made a dramatic change on yeah. the offensive and they uh, did defensively,
0: too. They got, so the, you, these, these GMs, if they're smart, and the Ravens are one of those smart organizations, they know it's like, man, this window, this is almost it for us. And what are we going to do, get rid of Lamar Jackson? What are you going to do, get rid of John Harbaugh? Right. you got to figure out something. So they're on the verge of if they don't win it this year, I'm going to start predicting for the Ravens. Regression. You're right about that. Regression you're right about is that. happening.
1: Well, and that's the point of the Buffalo thing with Sean McDermott is that win. I mean, you, you would have thought they would have went into Kansas City and gotten rolled out of there, and the the, the breakup, how we're going to end this thing would have been begun. Instead, they won it mm-hmm. and uh, get a big win, and now here comes Dallas, and if they beat the Cowboys at home, well, now you're yeah. you know, posting another win with three to play, and they're in the mix. That would be huge. This would have ended Dallas. them. This yeah. a, a loss in Kansas City, which I think a lot of folks thought would happen based on the week that they had. Nope, they want it, and we'll get into the, uh, the the amazing play by Travis Kelsey that didn't count because uh, his own player lined up off sides and <laughs> Chiefs fans are furious, uh, but it was a penalty. I don't know how you can yell at the refs. It was absolutely a penalty.
0: It's your receivers. Your receivers are bad, Kansas City. It's it's one of the worst receiving course in the league. You've lost, what, three, at least three games this year, Purely based on the poor play of your of wide receiver, exactly of four games. I can, so I don't understand how they can even be upset with the refs and not.
1: Uh, you, you said it a minute ago. They're they're, they're really yeah. mad at. They want to be yelling at their the receivers. receivers. <laughs> but that, they got. They, they don't, what good is that going to do? They can't change that now, right? Yeah. They've got four you, games to play. If you
0: get at the receivers, you ultimately have to look at the front office and go, "You guys thought this was going to be good enough, <laughs> right?" That's, that was that's your that's
1: Mahomes' calculation. Mahomes has been a great teammate all along. You know, he didn't complain about the refs last week when they had horrible officiating and. Green Bay, uh, he hasn't thrown his receivers under the bus this year. Mm. You know he wanted to, uh, yeah, he and in the end, he just took it out on the official yes
0: yeah, it's like when your wife is yelling at you about taking out the trash or something it's like, start, it, it ain't about the trash. start sniping don't. at
1: your kids yeah exactly
0: <laughs> yeah. it ain't about that something else is going on you got to get to the bottom of it i think we know
1: what it is yeah what let's is go uh, to the first time out but it's a short one we come back we'll pick this up we got five hours talk cowboys no, the nfl the longhorns congrats to devondre sweat congrats to the volleyball team we'll get to that behind the burn orange curtain coming up as we said three weeks now to the National Championship semifinal out there in New Orleans. We'll start counting down the days. Rod's been doing the deep dive on the Huskies. We'll get to that, some What the Facts, as we get you going this hour. First hour of five, just getting warmed up on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019-AM-1260, The Horn. Yeah, uh, for the top of the hour, we'll hear the uh, what the get to the what the facts from the uh, busy weekend, including the uh, top of the LA Dodgers lineup, one, two, three, worth uh, contracts valued about one point two and a half billion dollars now. Billion. Billion. With a B. With three players. Thank you, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Ooh. Shohei Botani. Yeah. We'll dive into the Dodgers situation, rock the uh, the the landscape. Uh, it was wild Friday and Saturday because there were reports that he was flying to Toronto, which weren't true. Because uh, we had Gene Watson on the show last week, and Gene said, "Keep an eye on Toronto." And next thing you know, you'll get a report that Shohei's headed north of the border. Turns out it was a leverage play with the uh, Dodgers being the team he wanted to play for. We'll get to that. Plus, uh, we will hear from Patrick Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid. Smart Reed. leverage
0: play there. Yeah, Captain smart. The K, Captain
1: Seven hundred million dollars. Wow. Hey, um, I did look, Rod, because you mm. know we do our due diligence here. It's only Monday, but yes, sir. Uh, the Cowboys will play Sunday in Buffalo. And at least What's that temperature at least like? four days, five excuse me, five days out, six days out, better than you could imagine for December seventeenth in Buffalo, New York. It's forty-four and sunny.
0: Well, it's nothing. Take it's that. Good.
1: Doesn't even look – yeah, Love I that. mean, you take that every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, keep an eye. That, that would help because, I, you know, Cowboys, I think, are better than Buffalo. But Buffalo's a, a good 7 and sixteen. No, they, really, they, you, they
0: you, should – no, they, they – trust They me, give
1: away a lot of games.
0: They do. It's – like I said, it, I, it's got yeah, nothing to do with their personnel. I, I like the Buffalo Bills personnel. still think they're one of the most talented teams in the league. It's just the co- culture starts to rot. After, after well, five years. Well, the message years. gets stale. Exactly. And the NFL, the way the salary cap is set up, you start to lose your advantage because once your your window opens because you're a young team and you've built your, your roster with young, cheaper talent. But then by five years, the it, studies show you've got to pay. Exactly. you got to pay all those young guys or you got to let them walk and replace them. Now, you could just walk and replace them. That'd be great. But. No, no. The, 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 also, the analytics and recent history has shown it's really tough to do that.
1: It is unless you're the uh, Patriots because that's how the league is. That's, that's <laughs> the parody of the league, right? Yeah. The, the worst teams get the top picks. The you know the best teams yeah. get fat with their contracts. Um, yeah. You know it's just the way it goes. They set up a parody. They said, yeah, we're going to drop you back into the middle of the pack because you know how this season start for Buffalo. They started with Stefan Diggs leaving mm-hmm. camp because he was mad at somebody. You know, now you got Von Miller getting yeah. arrested for domestic violence. You it's got just, Sean McDermott yeah. taking heat. It's just, it, it, it grows stale. It yeah. really does. And, uh, it's about a five and years. And as we've talked about, the Cowboys are kind of in that window, right? You're, you're year three There's of year Mike three, McCarthy. They're in three of it. With Dak Prescott. They're you know, it. Of got, it. Got, it grew stale with Jason Garrett, and maybe it never yeah. rose to what it was, should have been, but it grows stale. And then you bring in a new voice in Mike McCarthy, and now he's in year three. You know, so this year or next. And
0: And they freshened it up a little bit, too, remember, because obviously Kellen Moore moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, And the relationship with he and Dak, that was probably as intimate as any relationship uh, with a play caller and a quarterback. Then you brought in Dan Quinn, and he kind of refreshed the culture a little bit. So the Cowboys are in that window. They're in the third year of it, but it feels like it's a second year of it. Right, It's the third year, yeah, but it feels... the first
1: year, was Mike McCarthy was a mess. It a mess. <laughs> it was, and was a terrible in, year, and Dak got uh, hurt.
0: Brought in, was it Mike Nolan?
1: Mike Nolan uh, to be defense. Everybody
0: told him that was a disaster. And then Dak got, got hurt, right? Dak got hurt. Yeah, exactly. And Dan, the thing that's going to disrupt this culture, this is why your window is short, because Dan Quinn's going to leave soon.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. we just don't know when. Yeah, it's, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. You heard your Collinsworth and uh, yeah, so, and uh, Tariqo talking about that last night.
0: Yeah, that's what shrinks your window a little bit. That's why this year is crucial for you to get to the NFC title game at
1: least. <laughs> and, and I know no one likes Nick Sirianni, but that was pretty funny that uh, Collinsworth credited him when they were talking during the week. Like, when's somebody going to hire that guy? When somebody yeah. go ahead and give that guy a head coach? Dan Quinn. Oh, like, oh yeah. Was, oh, totally agree. When somebody go ahead and hire that guy? Yes, exactly. Get, him get the, him the hell out of, out of here. <laughs> get the, <laughs> the hell out of here. I'm tired of worrying about this dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so um, <laughs> before big. we get to the behind the Bernard's Curtain, we'll talk plenty of Cowboys, people asking me of my, in getting my walking shoes oh, out. Oh,
0: come on. It's way too early for that, guys.
1: Yes, sir. Got,
0: in, their own, in their own conference, they still got to worry about the juggernauts. Mm-hmm. And that's before you get to the Super Bowl. They got to win it. For yeah, New you got to
1: prove it in January, too. But it does feel like a team that has – You know, a lot going forward headed into January. Uh, But here's the important question before we get behind the BOC, Rod. Is our producer, Ty Henderson, Uh buying in? Is he back on? He's a casual fan who sold his interest. He's not believing. Are you believing now, (laughs) Ty? Uh Here we go. I mean, I I wouldn't say I'm a casual fan, but no, I'm not believing yet. Until until they proved me wrong. I mean, I'm still watching all the games. I'm still rooting for them. I had a great time watching that game last night, but I'm just not going to sell my soul. And it's going to be don't sell, don't you don't sell your soul. Oh, so
0: you don't believe they can get to the the, the ti- NFC title game, or you don't believe they can win it all? Which one is?
1: I think. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, a, y'all said I'm the, the NFC
0: title game now. I think they can make it there.
1: Y'all said the goal should be for them to win one game, but I, I don't think. No. They've got to get to the divisional yeah, playoff. Yeah. They got to get to the NFC championship and game. NFC title game. So, yeah. no, that I, would I still be forgivable. I mean, I would yeah. The NFC title game, sure. That'd be nice. Still haven't seen that in my lifetime, but I unless you're competing for a Super Bowl, I I, I Well, I will say this. That's a final <laughs> I'm, four. I'm watching a lot of football as I do each week. If this team gets out of the NFC, they can win the Super Bowl because I've always said my walk, my promise to walk would be based on winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think Dallas and San Francisco, they're both better than anybody in the AFC that I see. Yeah. Baltimore, maybe. But watching Matt Stafford go in there and shred that secondary and really put his team in a position to win that football game, you know, that, that there, there's not, those are, to me, right now, the two best teams in football are the, are the 49ers and the Cowboys. I, I, think, I think the Chiefs have issues. I think Baltimore is Chiefs beatable. I think, uh, you know, the Dolphins, we'll get to see them tonight. But you know they're they're same thing as Cowboys. Have they beaten good teams? That's the
0: thing about the Dolphins. We'll see because they got to play. They won't the play a good team tonight. Yeah, no, you're right about that. That's that's the question about the Dolphins. Like, can they beat a good team?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's funny because it, it sounds like Ty. Remember when Ty, if you weren't with us back in September, sold his fandom of the Texas Rangers. And then they said, "I'm going to football." Then of course they went on a run and won the World Series. and <laughs> got through Houston, who they had to get through, right? Once you get through Houston, yeah. You feel pretty good. That's the Cowboys are the same thing with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, get the walking shoes going. I better get on the get on the, the treadmill here. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, but not fearful yet. But I'm excited to watch them play Buffalo, then Miami, then Detroit here. Uh, kind of like playoff games in the month of December ahead of January. But the uh, Lawhorns have a playoff game in three weeks from today. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain?
0: all right first of all i want to give some props to uh the longhorns who made the associated press all big 12 teams uh you had five first team members of the associated press all big 12 team from texas xavier worthy made it as a all-purpose player and a wide receiver so essentially that's the throwing in his punt return yardage is kind of this I, they probably looked at his kind of the overall yards from scrimmage. Um uh, I mean, probably threw in his punt return yardage and I mean looking at it hell you know, the guy throws for touchdowns too. Uh so he probably just looked at all of that with Xavier Worthy. Uh Tavondre Sweat made it and Byron Murphy both made it on the first team. No surprise there. First time since Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. that Texas had two interior linemen and defensive tackles uh that made the Associated press all uh all all, all big twelve team. Um Jalen Ford makes it as a linebacker. And Burt Auburn, shout-out to Burt Auburn, had a hell of a year, man. I don't think anybody saw Burt Auburn uh, finishing the year as consistent as he did when he started because he started a little shaky uh, at the end of the season, uh, first-team All-Big 12 Associated Press. Uh, also, the coaches uh, picked him as the first-team All-Big 12 kicker as well. Quinn Ewers made the second team. Uh, Jonathan Brooks also made the second team. Ad Mitchell makes the second team, and Kelvin Banks Jr. Man, Kelvin Banks didn't make the first team. That is, uh, that's. I gotta go look at the the entire team to see. But to, to think that you, there are two tackles potentially in the Big Twelve that are better than Kelvin Banks. No, <laughs> yeah. that's basically all you have to do to kind of throw out that hypothetical it's like are there two tackles in the Big 12 now sometimes they don't do it just all based on tackle. they kind of pick the best five linemen but still is he not one of the best five linemen in the Big 12 that's basically is he one of the best five linemen overall in case they looked at it regard, regardless of position yeah. and if they looked at it like position like in they they built an actual offensive line, constructed one of those uh, for the All-Big 12. Is he not one of the two best tackles in the Big 12? And the answer to both are, yeah. He's one of the top five, and he's one of the best two tackles. I don't know how that happened. Well,
1: I don't know how that happened. I mean, the most accomplished Longhorns this year, obviously, Tavondre. So, Tavondre, we'll ask this question to you on the text line and to the, the Longhorn fandom.
0: He's Defensive Player of the Year also. I should have threw that
1: out uh, Yeah, there. Tavondre Sweat winning the Outland Trophy. He's the most accomplished and best Texas defensive player since who? Is it Derek Johnson who went into the College Football Hall of Fame last week? Mm. I mean, because you know DJ went back to, went to won the Butkus went went back to back first team all uh, all American in the early two thousands, but I mean look, Tamandre Sweat Outland Trophy first team all American on four different teams across the country from national publications AP defensive player of the year in the conference first team all big 12 big 12 defensive player of the year uh about as good as you know a lot so since when who was the he's having that kind of year but then you know Burt Auburn Xavier Worthy uh A.D. Mitchell what an ad he was through the portal uh and that's when people ask during the summer and the talking season what's what's it gonna take for Longhorns to get back to playing meaningful games this time of year and it's you need really good players playing really good you know, yeah. you know, being named all Big Twelve this and all Big Twelve uh, that, and all American this, and the Longhorns certainly accomplished that—at uh, least those goals here. Yeah, I mean, they haven't.
0: N- 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 no, I mean, they haven't had a defensive player that's been that uh, accomplished, having that many accolades. You know, well, I mean, Joseph Fassad was good, but he didn't reach that type of status. Um, man, yeah, I think you're right. Eh? You might Probably go DJ. way back to to Derek Johnson, which is pretty wild to think about. But I think you're right. I'm trying to look at, think in my head, I, nobody's nobody's been a, yeah, nobody's won a national award like that. Dude. I think
1: I've won an Outland since you know, 1977, 46 years any, ago. Any of the national yeah.
0: awards, I don't think defensively Texas won
1: since. Well, and Texas. remember, you and I know this, having covered the program closely for so long. What happened to Texas after 2009 and 15 years of bad football was really the lines of scrimmage were the biggest problem. Right, and the consistency on the coaching staff, yeah. I believe. But quarterback took all the headlines because Mac, of course, missed on some QBs and a big name. But really, what fell apart for Texas was that all the lines of scrimmage just weren't up to snuff. And big picture, they had some pretty good skill players, but I know recruiting classes were ranked high. But it wasn't on the, on the in the trenches. Steve Sarkeesian, in a short amount of time, has addressed big humans, lines of scrimmage. You know, being so fist-
0: probably Brian Arakpo, too.
1: Okay, he's in the conversation. b rack yep.
0: Because he was, uh, he won in He won the, uh, Lombardi. Yep. Um, he's in a conversation. Earl Thomas should have won a Thorpe. Let's be honest. He didn't. I think Eric.
1: Berry I would agree with that. that. He should have won it that year. Um. But maybe it's rack. I think rack. I think that's good, it's and that this is, that 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 goes right along with what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. The timeline. The timeline. Right time time yeah. he's kind of
0: veer off the path. Yeah. So yeah, your timeline's round the money there because he was he was a unanimous All American. Um, but yeah. he was
1: drafted in 09 off that 09 team that played for the it's Natty.
0: A, I think it's Rack. But and that's
1: really when right. the lines of scrimmage began to, uh, to to dissipate. And I thought I think Mac his recruiting couple years leading up to that oh nine year, you could kind of see it starting to, to dissipate on um, his the way he changed his recruiting style. But either way, so if, to credit to Sark and, and this 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 vision yeah. of big humans, uh started with the offensive line in the pancake factory. You know, Bo Davis just one of the first things he said. I think we have the best defensive line coach in the country that we're bringing in, and he's done it both on the recruiting and the development side. People would – they would say specify and say interior
0: D-line coach. Oh, yeah. And
1: they would say the best defensive end coach is at Ohio State. Oh, yeah, there you go. But that's the Moses what, and Chase – Yeah, yeah. They,
0: that's what they. That's what the, the, the insiders would say. Yeah, he's the best interior D-line coach. But, you know, don't, and, I and now
1: we'll see if yeah. – now that you're going to add guys like Colin Simmons and Colton Vossick, and mm-hmm. they're chasing the kid from UTSA in the portal. Oh, yeah, Trey Moore. Because, look, I mean – we got three weeks to the big game, the biggest game the Longhorns have played since '09, uh, and a chance to go play for a national championship. But beyond that, we'll start talking about the future. And you're losing to Vondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins. You got to replace that. you, you were, the whole idea of this whole vision was to be built to go to the SEC. Yep. These guys are all going to move on, and they're not playing in the SEC. So you yep. better. They built, a you they built the foundation. Now you got to start the pipeline. That's exactly right. That's right.
0: They built the foundation. Now you got to build the pipeline with those young guys, and it's supposed to be a pipeline that starts with recruiting the. Mo- the- the best talent at premium positions, and then all it ends in the NFL. Yeah. It ends right. It that's ends exactly in guys right. achieving at high level in the league, and that's that's the pipeline. And then once you get that going, that then you get to be Georgia. Alabama, Ohio State, then, you, can be, then you, play, you compete in the college football playoff every year, which you should. That's right.
1: I mean, because Texas is going to get skilled players, and Sark's going to get quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you win the trenches? That's the key uh, in the SEC. I think we know that. I think Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian and uh, Bo yeah. Davis know that very well. Gonna A lot of history head, in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, but you got to keep it coming. But now you have something to sell. If you're Bo Davis, when you're recruiting, man. Look, the question, done here.
0: yeah, you're right. And the question will be, though, now that you have lost so much high-level talent at interior D-line, we were talking about this uh, on the uh, live stream with Bobby Burton last night. Uh, you and you, you I and Bobby, we were talking about it, and the interior D-line losing, you know, Kendre Colburn last year, and losing more Jomo, and now losing Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Uh, you know, are, are the uh, the are the uh, you know the, the coffers full? still of that oh, kind of talent. Oh, they
1: a transition, and it's going to be yeah. more that uh, – and Jalen Ford, let's not forget that, Jade Barron. I mean, yeah. the central nervous system of your defense, as you call it. They're trying to upgrade safety, but, man, the, the guts of it um, will, will not be here next year. And they've yeah. left a legacy, though, that you can build upon, the foundation, as you talked about. Yeah. All right, really good stuff. Yeah, good weekend for the Longhorns. Congrats to the Texas volleyball team, too, Rod, behind the Burn orange curtain. How about Jared yes. Elliott? Another Final Four, avenging the early loss to Stanford. This was seen as a Texas volleyball team that – you know, it took a step back, but now they're gonna go play for a national championship. So you got the Longhorn volleyball team in the final four and the Longhorn football team in the final four. Pretty good. Pretty good fall. Uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, Texas, I mean, Texas athletics has been doing great for a long time now. I think they've been kind of waiting on football to catch up with the rest of the crew. Volleyball, you just talked about what Coach Elliott's been doing. It's been unbelievable. I've been waiting on the football program to catch up and it looks like now the football program is going to be in the same conversations with those other programs as some of the best in the country. If that's the case, Texas Athletics is about to hit a whole other stratosphere. Oh,
1: and, uh, <laughs> and how about this? Can I give a real quick shout-out to the first Burn Orange Curtain? Uh, it was this past, what, third Friday, that it was six years to the day that Chris Del Conte was named the athletic director at Texas. Mm-hmm. He's done a pretty good job. He's done a pretty darn good job. Uh, yeah. And I thought it was pretty funny Let's on a something. tweet because I think it was CB, our man, who congratulated CB. Chris Del because he's the one that keeps up with that kind of stuff. Yes, six years to the day, mm-hmm. and CDC tweeted back or xed back, you know, he quoted uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Life comes at you pretty fast. Hey, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Right, it does. Yeah. And but so that things are going pretty good on the forty. Adjust accordingly. Adjust accordingly. I'll give you the quote when we come back. But we'll also get to what the facts. Uh, we'll talk Texas, in uh, you know, three weeks to the big game. Also, seven players now into the portal. Isaiah Nayer. We talked about him last week, Rod. He's now in the portal. Uh, but still none of the quarterbacks. I mean, Arch Manning happy, but Malik Murphy hasn't made a call yet, so we'll get into all that. Mm-hmm. The practices will be a big week for the Longhorns coming. They've got uh, big recruiting week. Practice for the Bowl begins uh, coming up on the 15th into the weekend with a lot of recruits and portal uh, targets coming in, so it's going to be a busy week behind the burnt orange curtain and certainly a busy Monday yes. behind the BOC. Coming back with the What the Facts, including that show-hey deal and some other facts from a busy weekend, the good, the bad, and the ugly on a Monday on Hug Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Beavers. Hook Em up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Oh man, good one. It says ran into Brian Arakpo at third base in Round Rock once. Big ass dude. Yeah, he's a large human. Oh, yeah,
0: he's huge. And a
1: great guy, by the Shout way. Shout out. DB High,
0: by the way. DB to High. And uh, they still slanging them cupcakes, aren't Griffin.
1: Rack's a Lamar guy? Yeah. Houston Lamar.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, you're reminding me now. Yeah, yeah. Houston Lamar, uh, DB High. DB High, baby. Are they still slanging them cupcakes,
0: though? Yeah, they are.
1: He and Mike Just slanging and Mike them Griff. cupcakes. That's a fact in our What mm-hmm. the Fact segment. And uh, un- unfortunately, uh, the the Texas high school trio, the contingent trying to make it to the state championship this oh. week in Arlington, all uh, went down over the weekend. Westlake lost a hard-fought game to Galena Park North Shore. North Shore. Windy day. Yeah, Saturday, of course, was like a spring-like day with the uh, temperatures, but then the wind was 30, 35 miles an hour east of out there on the tollway at the field in Pflugerville, and uh, it was really I- impacted. And it was blowing like right behind you, depending on which which way you had the ball. It impacted that game uh, without a doubt, but either way, North Shore on to the state championship to play Duncanville again. Ooh,
0: yeah, H Town versus D Town. That's kind huh? of become a
1: cool DFW thing. DFW
0: versus H Town. Yeah,
1: that they, right you know, you're getting Houston versus Dallas in that state title game every year. It but, is nice, but, but it's got to go through Austin, like you know, mm-hmm. like an Austin awesome team like Westlake has a chance to derail, and they have a couple times. Um, you know, as, it, right as it's that. grown. But uh, Wimberley lost a heartbreaker to Belleville, uh, 35-33 on Friday night, and Liberty Hill. Their season came to an end with a loss to Port natchez Grows, But congratulations to their young guys to be playing all the way into this part of December. One win away from Jerry World. Pretty good stuff. That is uh, – but, but, but tough to see. It was, you know, you're, you're a win away from your, your goal or at least playing for it. And uh, it came to an end here for that's the right. uh, Central Texas teams over the weekend.
0: Ty was emotional about that, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure he was. About uh,
0: the best, Lake um, not uh, advancing in the playoffs. All right, here's about what the facts. How about this? Browns became just the eighth NFL team since 1950 have four different starting quarterbacks win a game in a single season,
1: and now they have an eighty percent chance, according to the FPI, <laughs> to make the playoffs with Joe Flacco, who three weeks ago was watching games at his mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting on his mom's couch watching NFL.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, that is fantastic.
1: Now he's leading the Browns, who, by the way, pretty good defense that they've got right there. Yeah, um, it, it may be the best defense pretty salty. Right now, yeah, yeah, pretty salty for sure. And I'll give—I mean, the Jaguars. I mean, you know, Houston's loss was tough, playing without any weapons to speak of, in a rainstorm in New oh. York. They played their Worst game, and he you know the CJ
0: Strauss, in concussion protocol now. Yeah, right? he is.
1: And they play the Titans this week. Uh, Davis Mills, you are on be deck. For that. Uh, but you know there were a lot of circumstances for Houston there. But that's a bad loss. Houston now has losses to Carolina, the Jets, and to Atlanta this year that are. If they don't make the playoffs. That'll be why. But that's that's young teams, right? Young teams, exactly. Inconsistent, and they've had. I mean, like I said, they've played more players than any team
0: in the league. They yes. just they, 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 don't by, to, they don't have the
1: depth to deal with that. By the way, playing Jacksonville, a division leader, Joe Flacco threw for three hundred plus yesterday. Like, he wasn't just out there handing the ball off. No. He threw for three bills. <laughs> That's amazing. Actually. Yeah, yes, it is. Considering like you said he was sitting
0: on the couch a <laughs> couple yes. weeks ago, just kicking it. Uh, it's
1: a cold day in Cleveland. By the way, Shohei Ohtani's seven hundred million dollar deal with the Dodgers worth more than Speak six on. different NHL franchises. This is crazy. Twenty three different MLS franchises, including Austin. Seven. I mean, oh, seven hundred million wow. is. Um, wow. you know, but we kind of—I don't say we knew it was coming, but he's—he he's, plans on still being a two-way player. So he won't—he uh, p- won't pitch this year, so that's but eventually good. he'll be back pitching. Man, and so big. you're signing two players, essentially, two really good so players. It's still
0: a good, still great value.
1: <laughs> you're getting, and you're bringing a global icon, and your 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 business. I mean, think about LA and the ability to. Uh, to market and um, do business oh, in in Japan, it's gonna be amazing. And around the Asian Peninsula, yeah. it's an LA team, anyhow. International brand, international brand. So they see it as an investment, but they're paying a lot of money for. They still need pitching, by the way, with the Dodgers. Let's not forget that. Now he's gonna make seventy million
0: a year in this deal. Uh, Five million a month, $5.8 mil a month, one point four million per week. Two hundred and seven thousand a day, eight thousand six hundred thirty dollars, uh, I believe, an hour, one hundred forty-three dollars a minute, and two dollars and thirty-nine cent every second. And if you re-
1: <laughs> if you do the deep dive facts on this, according to even uh, Shohei's attorney, part part of getting this done, he wanted beautiful. to be with the Dodgers. He didn't want to move. Yeah, good for him. But what what's going to end? Up, what ended up sealing this deal is the deferred money. Because they're only going to pay him – he's getting most of the money on the back end of this $700 million. So they're going to – Dodgers be paying show that until 2050, mm. essentially. That's
0: how those baseball deals. That's that long well, because money, there's a
1: luxury right? tax and they've already deferred – they've already done deferred deals, heavily deferred deals with Mookie Betts and oh. Freddie Freeman. All those guys will be getting paid well into their 50s and 60s. Mailbox money. <laughs> yeah, the Bobby kidding. Bonilla deal.
0: It's a retirement plan, essentially, for those Yeah, but guys. if you
1: can defer it and the player agrees to it, then you – you're you don't hit the luxury tax threshold. Yeah. Like, how do you afford all these guys? Well, because the Dodgers plan to be an entity for this a way long for you time. to
0: maneuver the salary cap. Yeah, we've
1: got sense. to pay off. We got to you know, you pay Mookie. It's, it says the get-in price for
0: opening day tickets <clears throat> versus the St. Louis Cardinals at Dodger Stadium now, three hundred fifty-nine dollars. <laughs>
1: Is that all? And, and the Dodgers have one of the <laughs> exactly, have, have, have the best one of the best attendances in all of baseball. Like they don't have, they have very few tickets to begin with. It's hard to get a ticket to see that fan base and Chavez Ravine in L.A. By the way, one other note, and we'll get to this more in our At the Turn segment at 8.30 with the golf side. But the PGA Tour, according to Front Office Sports Rod, closing in on a deal, a potential strate- a deal with Strategic Sports Group, a consortium of investors that includes Fenway Sports, which is the owners of the Red Sox, mm-hmm. Mets owner Steve Cohen, Falcons owner Arthur Blank, Cubs chairman Tom Ricketts, the Celtics owner, the Brewers owner in Milwaukee, all pulling money. I, they, they still say they want the royal fund. The PIF will be involved in this, but I think they want to have more say and not have yeah. it all from the Saudi yeah. royal fund.
0: Yeah, they want to kind of diversify the the ownership, diversify. Yeah,
1: the investment group, which which gives you some clarity on why yeah. John Rahm went to live. Live will still live, and because it's it, the PJ Two is trying to fight to have some, yeah. not, not have it all owned by that group. Basically,
0: dilute their power. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Makes sense.
1: Uh, but I'll get you the details on that coming up at 8:30. And at the turn, if you're a big golf fan, in the heels of John Rahm's big decision last week. All right, uh, there's some what the facts. We'll pick up the Cowboys' huge win last night. Also, the Chiefs are not happy with the officials, but they really should be mad at Kadarius Tony. Took him up with Ian Rodby. <laughs>